Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Update. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks mm-hmm. who uh, bring you Locked on Clippers five days a week. Absolutely. Comes out 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. Should be on your favorite podcasting uh is that Post Greenwich site. Mean Time? No, that's Pacific. Pacific, okay. All right, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. We're not fancy over here. Uh, anyways, we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. We're going to kick things off with a preview of the upcoming doubleheader against the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies. <laughs> uh, it's kind of cool. We'll get back-to-back looks at them, I, I suppose. Uh, so we're going to talk about what we need to do well in that one, as well as what could go wrong, give you some key matchups to look for. And then it's Thirsty Thursday. Basically, every single Thursday, Charles and I talk about what we're thirsty for, what we want to see more of. Uh, and there's some really interesting stuff about sort of the guard minutes being how they're being divvied up between yeah, Reggie and Lou, stuff. which is really cool. And then, so if if you watch the Clippers, I think all of us have been really impressed with the ball movement. But if you're looking at the, at it by the numbers, it doesn't appear. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't appear to be that much different on paper. Uh, so I was kind of losing my mind and trying to dig into that a little bit. So we'll talk about sort of the shots that this ball movement is creating, uh, as well as if this Clippers incredible shooting is sustainable. And then in shavings, we finally have the second half of the schedule. Very excited to dig Hell into yeah. that. Uh, and then there's some other stuff kicking around. There are some available candidates on, on the buyout market. Uh, and then there's some new news on the lawsuit that was uh, <laughs> yeah. that was levied Good against <laughs> a certain Jerry West. So we got to talk about all that uh, and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so the Clippers and Grizzlies uh, square off two times in a row in Memphis, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Grizzlies come in with a 13-14 and 14 record, 10th in the West. They'd be a playoff team in the East. Um, <laughs> Dylan Brooks might be out for the first game. Not really sure about that. Um, Patrick Patterson will be out for the Clippers. He's uh, his family's expecting a new baby. Hey, way to go, Patrick! Clippers Patterson. are becoming dads this season. It's pretty crazy. Dad um, Clippers. But what we need to do well is move the ball, which we have been a very uh, doing a good job of to the eye test, which we'll talk about more in the next segment. But the Grizzlies are bottom five in opponent assists per game, while allowing the third most field goal attempts in the league to their opponents. Interesting. But the weird part is they only give up an average amount of threes. Like, 15th, like, it's 34.7, which I'm pretty sure is right in the middle. But they're allowing teams to shoot 39% from deep, which is third worst in the league. So if the ball is moving, there's going to be open shots, and we're gonna. there's not going to be a lot of pressure on them. Definitely. They also move the ball really well. Yeah. Uh, so we need to play aggressively on both sides of the floor. Offensively, I, I think, you know, if we are able to sort of pick up the pace in a way that works for us, uh, I think it could be a great way to get to the line. They themselves do not get to the line a lot. They t- they have the third lowest free throw attempt rate in the surprising NBA. Surprising given how John Morant plays his game. Very surprising. So we've got to get those hands in passing lanes, try to create some more offense off of defense. And then guarding the perimeter well could end up being kind of key in this one. They low-key kind of have some snipers. They're yeah. not necessarily huge volume guys, but Kyle Anderson, Gorgie Jane, Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton Ugh. are all shooting. I mean, DeAnthony Melton is 38% and everyone else is 40% percent or better on that Damn. list that's i don't like that so that's, that's gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah so I, I guess that leads us to what do you think could go wrong in this one what should we be looking out for turnovers yes memphis opponents turn the ball over 16 times per game and they hold the number two opponent turnover percentage uh rating in the league 
We did a really good job against the Wizards of holding on to the ball. So let's just let's just not do anything to help out the Grizzlies in this one. If the Clippers take care of the ball, they can I mean they can beat anyone on any night, but taking care of the ball really helps that out. So that's something we have to actually watch for too, because it's not like an anomaly thing. Memphis gets a lot of turnovers. So we gotta we gotta be on our P's and Q's. Definitely. PG on this P's and Q's. There you go. What else we got? Uh so <laughs> We can't let them get into their game offensively. Like I said, they actually do move the ball around a lot. They're second in the league in assists. Uh, they can really spread it out and get guys going. You know, sometimes you'll look at the box score and, you know, they'll they'll keep it close or, like, get a dub or, or, or stay in it, and you'll be like, huh, nobody really went off. And then you're looking and, like, eight guys are in double digits. Um, so they definitely can kind of move the ball around and create offense for each other. So, uh, you know, if – if everybody kind of gets it going or is feeling it, it's just going to be a tough night to defend. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want the other guys to be feeling it on the first night of a back-to-back. Yeah, you know what you, I mean? That's a really interesting call. There's a, there is kind of a weird like psychology to playing the same team in a back-to-back where you can cling to momentum or something like that. So it's going to be – I kind of said – I said we might split this one, yeah. this back-to-back. I don't – I feel a little more confident about it, but – yeah, that's a good point. You don't want them to feel good in the first part. Of the I mean, especially tonight. the role players, right? Like, I mean, if the yeah. if you know the high usage guys have to step up a lot, that makes sense. But like, if the role guys are feeling it night one, it is not for make, night. It does <laughs> yeah. not make me excited for night two. That's a good call. Um, and then another thing that could go wrong is their size and intensity on the glass could overwhelm us. They're a top ten team in offensive rebounding percentage. Uh, you know, sometimes I I feel like to the eye test we give teams so many second looks yeah. at the basket. Um, it's because they're so they're frustrating second looks. Th- they are, they are, <laughs> and there's you know there's second looks in crucial moments. You know, like down the stretch where it's really important to have secured that board. Uh, so we we, we got to make sure and uh, you know ha- hang our hats on on our rebounding in this one, which shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I actually think we match up fairly well center-wise, but why don't you talk about some key matchups we should be looking at? Uh, paint defense versus John Morant and Jonas Valanciunas. Love uh, it. If Serge and Zoo aren't able to deter these guys' attempts in the paint, that opens up you know everything for the Grizzlies. Like you said, they have some snipers. Um, they're not the heaviest pick-and-roll running team, but Ja and Jonas still like get to the point to get to the paint pretty heavily. The, the oh, Grizzlies sure. shot chart is threes and twos, like and close twos. Yeah. Um, so point of attack defense is going to be big. Like Bev on Morant is going to be really fun to watch. And I'm sure we'll see just some Kawhi on um, Morant, which I think will be really cool too. So, I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing. We can't lose shooters on the perimeter. We saw that happen against the Nets of all teams. Obviously the Nets have a few more threats, uh, you know, just in the starting five and at all times. Yeah. That's more potent than the Grizzlies, but... Yeah, I'm, you know, I just, I don't want someone random to go off on us. Like, definitely. Which definitely. I think might happen against this Grizzlies team. Like, I genuinely think if Dylan Brooks plays, he might have a pretty okay night. But what other matchups do we got? So, it's kind um, of a, a depth thing again. Uh, you know, you look at the game last night against the Wizards. The Grizzlies don't necessarily have the same, like, up-top talent, you know what I mean? But yeah. I would say that they're a deeper roster all the way through. Uh, so I think it could be it would be great if we could get another night like we did from from contributors uh, in the Wizards game to, you know, to, to be able and kind of sustain, sustain the stars and keep their usage a little bit lower across the back-to-back. Normal back usage. In, in, yeah, yeah. In, you know, in back-to-back games. Yeah, Kawhi and PG, I'm not really sure who's shutting them down on this Grizzlies team. Not really on any basketball team right now in the NBA. Definitely. Or other leagues, I guess, too. But I just the Grizzlies, the personnel just doesn't match up with our wings. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, agreed. But at the same time, I mean, I do think that we could have some trouble contain, containing Ja. We'll see what happens. You think yeah. Terrence Mann uh, spends some time on him? 100%. I think Terrence Mann is now firmly, like, gets minutes as the third guard 100%. Yeah. And we might see him on Ja Morant. And honestly, he's going to shut him down. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen. What's your prediction for this game? Uh, I think we're going to put this one away. I just feel like we're kind of rolling right now, like we're getting back into our thing. Um, I agree. I think that we get the win in this one, and I am going to say it's fairly comfortable. I, I, I just struggle. If we if we can get stops, I just, I'm just i struggling to see how they can really keep up uh, with the Clippers when the Clippers are really firing. That's a good call. I agree. I think this one, I would maybe take, uh, I'd maybe take the spread in this one. It would probably be around... Ten points would be my best guess. You'll take the over. I would, I would take the over. I would not take it on the second night. Yeah, I mean, unless we lose. If we lose, take the over on the second night. <laughs> uh, yeah, hedge your bets. <laughs> yeah, coming up, we're gonna be talking. We got a pretty uh, comprehensive Thirsty Thursday to talk about. First, speaking we were, of betting, we were just talking about it. We got to give a shout out to Bet Online. I currently have a bet on Bet Online on the uh, University of Memphis to beat Tulane. So far, doing pretty damn good. Uh, football might be over, but the NBA and I the just mentioned college basketball and the NHL are in full swing or skate. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Okay, so we're back with Thirsty Thursday, which is where we talk about what we want to see more of. And we got a pretty full one for you today. We're going to start talking about the guard minutes. And then, as I mentioned up top, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the, the ball movement for the Clippers, as well as sort of this feels more like a warning. The final one seems more like a warning than a want. Or you just want it to keep going. I want it to keep going, man. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but Let's get into it. You know, you, you're just poo-pooing it before we get started. <laughs> it's valid points. So uh, I want the Reggie and Lou splitting the staggering to not get derailed. Okay. It's been great so far. Justin Russo put out some great numbers at Fly by Night on Twitter. If you're listening to this and you're not following him, make a Twitter. Go follow him. He's a fantastic Clippers uh, contributor. Lou with Reggie this season, 234 minutes, minus one and a half net rating, um, you know, 117.3 defensive rating. Pretty expected, right? Like, when you have Lou and Reggie together, things aren't going to go well defensively. It's difficult to cover those bases. Defensively, no. What's interesting is, like, how bogged down it gets, at least visually. I mean, I haven't looked into the numbers yeah. as much, but offensively, it, it also gets pretty bogged down. It's like having kind of two of the same guys out there, which is interesting, despite, you know, Reggie being more of a true point guard. But that's what's been so nice about the staggering. Lou Williams, without Reggie on the floor, has gotten 439 minutes. He has a plus 10.4 net rating, and he's, you know, he owns 104.5 defensive rating without Reggie on the floor. Reggie, without Lou, 375 minutes, plus 9.3 net rating, 107.9 defensive rating. So I don't want to say, you know, there's only really one thing that causes this staggering to get derailed, and I don't want to say it. Um, it's the personnel thing, you know, people being out because of situations that are bad. I don't want to jinx it. Uh, but what's nice is last season, these two, again, this is from Justin Russo, um, played 50% of their minutes together. Wow. Which is dumb. 
just kind of just from a de- how defense works <laughs> standpoint. Um, and this season, it's only 38.4. So I want this to keep up. It's good for the team. Um, Reggie Jackson is, because he's like had to start so many games, is up there with the Clip. I'm pretty sure he's part of the Clippers' best lineup in terms of overall net rating. Um so it's just good. It's have it's good having two guys run different kind of offenses for the most part. Like for it's sure. great for the overall defense to split them up. So also shout out to Justin Russo for these numbers. These are great. Um, what uh what do we got for the next one? Okay, so I think that everybody who's watched the team this year, uh, if someone put a gun to your head and said, "Do the Clippers move the ball more this year than last year?" This is a terrifying scenario. You would say yes. I would say whatever the person <laughs> wanted me to say. But yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, if they if they offered you a dollar or something, it's, it doesn't have to be this wow, threatening. The stakes the stakes have swung <laughs> incredibly far. In this uh, no, either way, I, I think most most fans would say that the ball movement uh, it, it it looks to be happening a lot more. Yes, uh, it, to the eye, it looks great. We're averaging like twenty four assists a game, which is nineteenth in the league. Uh, yeah, it's not very good. I saw it. I was like, "Huh, nineteen? Okay." Yeah, which you know, like, isn't isn't great. But I wanted to kind of take a look at these numbers versus last year to, to kind of try and try and tangibly find like what the difference is because I, I, I think there's not anybody who would disagree that the ball movement is better this year. It looks different. Yes. Um, so what did you find? So, all right, there. <laughs> On top of that, around 24 assists a game, there's around another just under four secondary assists per game Hockey happening assists, there. assists, right? Yes. Okay. And that's tied for seventh in the league in secondary assists. I like that. So, you know, there is some secondary action happening there, which makes sense if you watch the way the ball moves for the Clippers, yes. right? It's not always the score off the first It's action. extra passes. Yes. A hundred percent. Theoretically. Sometimes, sometimes to their own detriment. Yes, for sure. Uh, okay, so... Looking at it versus last year, um, we last year we made about 270 passes per game. Okay. This year it's up to 283. Only like a four percent. Yeah, dude. It's, that's only like that's a f- three extra passes per quarter. That's <laughs> sick. It's only like a four percent increase overall. So like that's not the difference that's happening with the ball movement. The points created is about 65 points per game off assists. Last year's was 62. Once again, this is like a seven percent increase. <sighs> Uh, I, look, I'm gonna be honest. All I see are increases. <laughs> I, no, truly, right? Like, it, it, part of it is a margins thing for sure. Yeah. But I think where things start to get really interesting is when you look at the catch and shoot points for this year's team versus last year. Okay. This year, the Clippers are first in the league in catch and shoot points per game. How many? Thirty-eight point one. Damn. Which is better than the second best team by nearly ten percent. Okay, so we got them by four points. Yes. Cool. Uh, nearly, yeah. Uh, and so last year we we averaged about eight less catch and shoot points per game, uh, which is a another is margin a, thing, but a margin thing. But that's a twenty seven percent increase in points per game from the sure. catch and shoot, which yeah. is huge, especially when you consider the space that's needed for Kawhi and Paul George. Yes. So the other one is the overall catch-and-shoot field goal percentage. Right now, the Clippers are shooting 45% on catch-and-shoot shots, That's which good. is the best in the league. <laughs> it's a 15% increase from last year's uh, catch-and-shoot percentage, which was around 12th in the league. That's what's so funny to me is that you would think with the extra passes, the catch-and-shoot threes would be more open, but there's not really that many extra passes. 
So here's the thing, right? I think if you listen to a lot of people talking about the Clippers and kind of what they're doing, they're not being covered a whole lot right now, but it's They're only being covered in a negative way. It seems like one of the biggest sort of knocks on the Clippers sort of championship outlook or, you know, their their streak or when it was going or whatever was that this shooting was maybe unsustainable, which I don't completely disagree with, obviously. I don't, I don't disagree with it either. I think we're going to come down I, to some form of Earth, of chill version of Earth. Yes. But, you know, still an elite version of Earth, but not 43% as a team or whatever the hell we're at right Yes, now. but looking into these catch-and-shoot numbers, it got me wondering, like, is this great shooting just an anomaly? Uh, so... To, to look at that, I kind of wanted to take a look at the quality of the shots that are I'm being I'm nervous created. about these stats based on how I thought the team was, before this segment, passing phenomenally. Okay, well, this... <laughs> I mean, they are. It does look different. This, to me, says that they are passing phenomenally. So, if you look at tight shot field goal attempts per game, this means that there's a defender within two feet. They're basically draped over yeah, the shooter. They're Patrick right? Beverly. These are these are low quality shots essentially. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this year we're taking about six point one a game. Okay. Last year Called we six. took nearly nine a game. Hmm, so I like that. Cutting those types of shots out of your diet is going to lead to a better field goal percentage. Just play, is that an ISO thing too? Is that because we're running less? So, seemingly, I should say ISO that we're not forcing Kawhi and PG to do these contested shots so a little bit if you look at the actual numbers of isolation the difference isn't that big it's marginal yeah so a lot of where these numbers Margins. are coming in the space on shooting yeah is going to be for guys who aren't Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul PG. George yeah definitely. um but that's one of those things like that's encouraging to me in seeing that field goal percentage remain high throughout yeah. the season so if you look at tight defenders uh, this is like two to four feet. We only take 31 shots per game with a tight defender. We took almost 36 last season. So it's there's tight and then tight defender? They're both tight defender. One is Got very it. tight, <laughs> which is two feet. Uh, and then and the there's other a is tight, tight defender. defender. Okay, so very... <laughs> man, so, shout out to the NBA for really trying hard on these. <laughs> yeah, so we've taken a, a, a 12% decrease in just attempts of those shots, which yeah. once again, if you're looking at a shot profile for a team... That's generally going to be a good thing unless you're giving up only shots around the rim. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so this is where things kind of get interesting. Field goal attempts where the shooter is open, which means a defender is four to six feet away. They should have made this one called not tight. <laughs> not tight. We take 30 of those per game, which is first in the NBA. Love it. These types of shots are accounting for 35% of our total field goal attempts. I like that. So which is that's great. what gets me about the passing is like there's I don't know if it's the cutting before the passing uh -huh. and stuff like that, but getting these open shots, you would think, based on the offense last year looking at it would require so much more ball movement yes like, <laughs> yes definitely and this so is, guys are moving around too is what i think this is indicative guys of. are moving around and then it's one of those things like i said earlier like it's not just the field goal percentage like this makes a defense that's playing against you what have to much. work so yeah, hard for sure and then looking at wide open attempts where a defender is six plus feet away we're taking loose about, attempts is what again these should be called loose attempts <laughs> yes uh we're taking about 19 a game which is a 12 percent increase in wide open attempts last year we were taking only 17 a game which was bottom five in terms hmm. of wide open attempts what's the difference between two like where does 19 put us this year uh, it's a, it's like 12. It's in the, it's okay. in the upper half of the league. So pretty big swing when you're looking at kind of the decimal points with the, yes. with the wide open, which I guess makes sense because they're so rare. Yes. For and most like, teams. So all of these things are kind of like 
just marginal increments into why the ball movement is looking so much better. Small adjustments. Yes. Basically, <laughs> guys are getting more open shots, and so we're seeing shots hit at a greater clip. Yeah. And, you know, that is is why the ball movement looks so good, even if the assist Because no one's around the guys. It just yes. It is from just such a pure vis- uh, visual thing of like, wow, no one is within... Four to six feet of these guys. Yes. We must be passing it crazy, but it's cut. That's all that. Man, God, I love Ty Lue being the coach of this Clippers team. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference really just comes down to the quality of shots that we're taking. Uh, and yeah, even if the ball, the way the ball is moving is just more effective. Uh, yeah. So yeah, whatever happens with the field goal percentage, it may fall some. I mean, most likely it will. But if we kind of keep this same shot profile for all attempts, uh, at distance, you know, not including, you know, isolations or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. specific rim running or layup opportunities. I think that we 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 can fall to earth without the complete like because the shots will be out. there. Yeah, yes. they'll be open. That's a good call, man. I feel great about this Clippers team. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking the second half of the schedule, which was released. Uh, a possible pickup for the Clippers that we talked about earlier in the year. And then Johnny Wilkes trying to do his thing, but first, Will Auto Parts. What's up? Look, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for any store to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain front. So why would you want to endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? They're always roasting me at Napa. Is your your Odyssey an LX? Is it an EX? Why would you want to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and even the prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It doesn't make any sense. Go to rockauto.com. <laughs> <You're> crazy. <laughs> Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Go ahead and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, welcome to second half schedule talking during shavings. Hey. We just kind of wrap up everything kind of clippers adjacent. Um, around us, but surprise the, uh, drop just like we said, the schedule is coming <laughs> oh, out. God. Yeah, uh, Clipper schedule came out. We play the late marquee notes. We play the Lakers on April 4th and uh, May 6th. One of them is a 12 30 game, which figure your shit out, NBA. Are you serious? I swear to God, makes no sense. One of them's oh, a brunch sir. game, they're setting us up to fail. We play the Suns twice to huge seeding games. Um, the, you know, these three teams right now are separated by a game. Mm-hmm. So pretty big, um, pretty big seating games there. We have a nine-game homestand from March 27th to April 11th, which... This one looks a little brutal. It's rough, and I wish it was split up a bit. So we go Sixers, Bucks, Magic, Nuggets, Lakers, Blazers, Suns, Rockets, Pistons, who only beat good teams. <laughs> 
They do, literally. Like, this is a tough go at home. This is going to be a crucial stretch for the Clips. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, you have three. This is going to end up being like what determines seeding. Yeah, this week, I mean, yeah, you got Nuggets, Lakers, Blazers, Suns right there. Right back to back to back. Are we psyched for Doc's return with the, with the Sixers? Man, uh, I'm a little nervous for that matchup with how well they're playing. Oof. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see. I, I'm excited uh, for him to see. You know, nothing's changed with the team, so it'll yeah, be easy game be used for to him. It. Yeah, uh, No, the tribute video is going to be great. Yeah, no, it will be. Uh, all all respect to Doc. I, I was, I, he did a great job. I was laughing because they gave Jerome Robinson like a, a Welcome s- back, Jerome! A single picture? No, they gave Shaman a picture. I don't even oh. think they gave Jerome a picture. Oh, boo. So I, I thought it'd be so funny if they just did like a, Hey, welcome back, Glenn! <laughs> that was What's the extent up, of it. Yeah, that was the extent of it. Um, the Clippers end their schedule on a four-game road trip. Last four games are Toronto, Charlotte, Houston, and OKC. Kind of sucks to end on the road trip. Yeah, definitely. Me, if I'm being honest. Definitely. Uh, we have five back-to-backs. The worst one, the worst scenario is um, we play Indianapolis at Indy and then at Detroit on April 13th and April 14th. And then we're at Portland and then home against Memphis on 420 and 421. Oh, man. So that 420 is a loss because we're in Portland for 420. Um, no, that's just brutal to have two back-to-backs in a week. Yeah, I mean... One of the back-to-backs is against San Antonio twice, so not, you know, whatever. We didn't get it as bad as some of the teams who, you know, due to health and safety or other things, or yeah. other postponements, um, you know, have a much tighter schedule. Uh, the Spurs and Grizzlies come to mind who both play 40 games in 68 days. That's negligent. Like, that is, that, this, that's some bullshit. I would be furious if I were a fan of those teams. Yes, absolutely. Um, cool note that I saw on Twitter. Seven different two-day breaks in the second half of the season. Only had four in the first half. Okay, all right. So more practice time, which really benefits this Clippers team. Definitely. For sure. Just more time to be together, get those defensive and offensive sets in. How are we feeling about the second half of the schedule? Look, I mean... I don't know. It I'm curious to I'm curious to take a deeper look at everybody's but it's not as bad as it could be. The I Jazz guess. have like the easiest one. The Jazz are pretty much unless they really mess up probably going to be the number 1 seed. They have I think the like the third easiest second half schedule. The Jazz? Yeah. Well, they've had a pretty difficult schedule. Yeah. So they're going to be, you know, I, I think chasing the 1 seed is going to be difficult. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um the five back-to-backs I don't get why there still has to be that many. NBA sucks, dude. I don't get why two teams have to play 40 games in 68 days. <laughs> well, because both of these teams have played like five less games yeah. than us. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. Um, about the Grizzlies. I mean, we're just going to learn so much about that, about the Clips and that nine-game homestand. Definitely. It's going to be really fun because there's going to be ups and downs. and peop- There's no way that people aren't going to freak out during this nine-game homestand. I think the the take roller coaster is going to go crazy right then. Yeah. But... You know, I think uh, I'm confident in this team. I think we can close out on a nice little three-game win streak. We go Charlotte, Houston, OKC. Those are very winnable games, especially if there's nothing to play for for Houston or Charlotte. Um, so I, I, that kind of that makes me psyched. What do you up. mean? If there's nothing to play for, you still want to beat the Clips? I know, but it's like, it's, I feel it's like that's every team's mentality. Um, I just feel good about getting the wins on that. Like to close the game. Like I feel like there's a chance to get a streak to close the season. If the if the Lakers game on May sixth is the noon game, yeah, I'm gonna ride in the streets. 
I mean, I'm gonna look it up right now because it, it might be that. Um, Paul George's birthday May second. My birthday May third. Come on, we need 72 hours. <laughs> you guys gotta <laughs> plan the whole thing. Um, some other Lakers news. Let's know what you think about the schedule. By the way, April 4th is the 12:30 game. So you and okay. PG are good. Right. Um, Glenn Robinson the third is available. Yes. Yeah. Do you think the Clippers should trade fee for cash and sign Glenn Robinson the third? I mean, I don't even think you got to trade him. Go ahead and cut him. Ooh, and, you're not even uh, gonna give the man another opportunity. I mean, what do you mean? Somebody else can sign trade him. Trade him for some cash. Somebody else know. can sign him. Get a couple bucks. I don't think you're getting cash for fee. You might. I don't know. He made a three last game. Everyone was pretty psyched up about it. No, I, I wouldn't be mad at this. We'd also have another open roster spot if we get rid of fee. Um, I don't know. You and I have both talked keep about it. Yeah, I feel like I mean, defensively for that bench could be kind of a nice another anchor. Um, yeah, I don't know. Be interesting. If the Cl- interesting. I mean, if the Clippers cut anybody, we'll know they're going to sign someone because there's no reason to have two open roster spots on the team. Yeah, definitely. It's worth a look, yeah. I think. And then finally, uh, Andrew Greif wrote a great piece in the LA Times about the Johnny Wilkes lawsuit with Jerry West. Uh, forgot about this thing that was happening. Johnny Wilkes wanted $2.5 million, a job with the Clippers, and a staff of four or five, which just cracks me up. How big would you want your staff? Four people. Maybe five. What is the extra person doing? What do you like? Taking notes. Have one number. You don't have four or five. Shoddy operation. He also wanted four courtside seats and a skybox, a house, and he wanted to suggest coaches to be hired for the Agua Caliente Clippers. Now that's where they drew the line. Yeah, that's like, wait too a minute, far. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We already have Amir Coffee taking 14 threes. I don't think we need any new coaches for Agua Caliente Clippers. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go for Johnny Wilkes, but it does not seem like it's going to go well. I don't think he's going to get what he's looking for in this lawsuit. I don't know. No, it uh, seems like a con man, kind of. I don't know. And you know I love a good con. Look. Just don't try to con the Clippers. <laughs> don't try to play the kid. <laughs> don't try to con the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. Every time I've seen a fight outside my apartment, it's been pretty clear that someone was playing with someone else, and you don't, you've got, you should stop playing with that person. Yes. Um... Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work out. I just don't think it's going to go well for Johnny Wilkes. Shout out to Jerry West. Way to stand strong. Um, anything else in shavings? Any other cons we want to talk about? Or is that we're saving that for lockdown cons? We'll do that later. Yeah, we got, we got some good. I, I got some good cons. You could I got do, some good schemes. Yeah, you could do a con a day. You could really do a lockdown con show. Yes. That might be a good time. That'd get me back into scamming. <laughs> um, all right, we got to get out of here. Friday's episode, recap of the hopeful victory versus the Grizzlies, taking a look at that second matchup versus Memphis as well, depending on who's available. Uh, and then there's a Sunday br- brunch game against the Bucks, which is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, and then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, where can these fantastic people listen to us? You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown Clippers. It works every single time. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, hey, we appreciate it. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we do really appreciate you.